friends. It's the Not Guilty Podcast. This is the podcast where three amigos talk about the movies we secretly love, even though the world tells us not to. Some would call them guilty pleasure movies. You know, they say the sign of a good movie is when you're sad it's all over. What better way to get sad than when, spoiler alert, everyone dies. That's right, this week we're discussing Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. We're going to find out if there truly can be joy at the end of all things on this special episode recorded completely on vinyl records. That's right, seeking a friend for the end of the world. This is Alex. This is Kyle. And this is Chris. Yay! How's it going, everybody? It's going good. Seeking a friend. Yeah, that's you know, what I'm currently doing. That's right. Well, Just look, for the rest of the world. Keep looking, buddy. Yep. It's All right. Journey. Getting, getting down to it. Hmm. All right. Uh, so this movie was brought to you by... Me. Me. <laughs> Kyle. Which is Kyle. Hi. Okay. That's his proper noun name. That's right. I go by Mr. on a lot of occasions, but... Kyle, um, would you like to give us a breakdown of what this movie is yeah, all about? Yeah, it's about death. Okay. And melancholiness. Yep. And, um... Infinite sadness. A lot of... <laughs> isn't that a movie? <laughs> oh, it's a... It's a... Uh, Smashing Pumpkins Smashing album. Smashing Pumpkins album. There you album. go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically it's about the end of the world and our faithful um boss steve carell joins us on this immaculate journey reprising his role of michael scott Mm. yep yep um but yeah so that's 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 a backstory though you know this is we're talking about the main plot okay what's the main plot yeah what's happening here so Armageddon has failed. The plot of Armageddon has failed. Basically, that is true, <laughs> the isn't it? The yeah. died. So this is this is basically this an is alternate a, version. This of is what's happening. This is what's happening on Earth during like if, if the alternate yeah. ending had happened on yeah, Armageddon, where exactly. they didn't actually stop the asteroid. Yeah, Armageddon, the script of Armageddon, and changing it a little. <laughs> Armageddon, a friend for the end of the world. Armageddon out of here. <laughs> Can't because. You're gonna be they tried. All right. Anyway, right. go so. where, Alex. <laughs> so the world's gonna end in how many yeah. days? Uh, of uh, three weeks, right? Twenty-one days. That's right. That's mm. what. That's what. That's how many days are in three weeks? Yeah. Math. First mystery solved. <laughs> cool. And then at the end of the movie, they're like, "No, we were wrong. They're, that one <laughs> week is not gonna happen. Oh we'll my be dead gosh! For that week, they were so quick on that plot point. Hey, uh, by the way, we were wrong on that." Um, uh, 16 hours. <laughs> We're going to die a little sooner. But, uh, so yeah, it basically follows this young man named Steve Carell on a journey to, um, reclaim his life almost. Uh, he's hit his midlife crisis, as he says, too late. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, tries to, uh, hitch up with a younger woman, um, and much AKA Kira Knightley. And yeah, we just see the story unfold. Yep. He's we opening opening up we're like on the car and he's uh it's the mom from Be- Breaking Bad, right? Also his no, is, um, real wife. It's yeah. Carol. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. From no lines. <laughs> Just uh <laughs> Well, I'm not in this movie anymore. She leaves him. I did not know that was his wife. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What's her name? Something Carell. Susan. Oh, there it is. Susan Nancy. Carell. Nancy, I think. Nancy Carell. Yeah. Nice. But I think I I think she wasn't even part of the movie. It's just he drove to work and forgot to drop her off. Uh, Kyle, you brought the movie to us this week. Can you give us the defense for why you chose this movie as this week's featured? Sure. Film? Yeah. All right. So I really liked this movie, obviously, because mm-hmm. if I didn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw this movie uh, last year, I believe, for the first time. And when I first watched it, I really liked it. Like, I loved the plot about, you know, the world ending. And I didn't re- I didn't think, or I didn't know how that, in- I didn't know how it was going to end. Mm-hmm. I was really kind of surprised when I first watched it. And um, I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's such a different take on mm-hmm. that type of movie. Because usually, like, something happens and it all works out. Happy ending, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This was just like brutally honest, mm-hmm. and I think that was really cool and like just a good, ch- a good change. So this movie, why is it a guilty pleasure movie? It has fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes and an audience score of fifty three percent. So I mean, this is Kyle. You're in the <clears throat> fifty percentile. What do you think of the premise in a movie? If you're doing a movie where the premise is everyone's going to die by the end of this. I mean, um, one of the things I did like about the movie is that um, I feel like it was like the the plot and setting were a very good uh, launching pad for the themes of the movie. Um, just like literally, it's just the idea of finding that one person you would want to spend the last moments of the world with. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked how how some of the realistic plots were to it, like you know, like how people would act. Mm-hmm. If that was the end of the world, and they kind of stuck to that, like this is kind of the human race. If yeah, if it really did end, it's an interesting premise. Duh. You know, and um, there's that moment where the secondary character basically lays the movie out, mm-hmm. and the question is, is like, do you take solace in the fact that you're gonna not die alone? Like, mm-hmm. it, in reality, everyone dies alone, but at the same time, everyone's going to die in this movie at the same time, or everyone dies in time. Yeah, everyone, movie, dies everyone dies together. at the same time. Yeah. Well, funny enough, um, uh, the director, her name is uh, Lauren Scafaria or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. But uh, she says she's actually influenced. She uh, is a native New Yorker, and mm. she lived or uh, she moved to um, uh, California like a month or so before nine eleven. So like that experience, like uh, such how uh, such a cataclysmic event, and obviously. For mm-hmm. New Yorkers, it was like a whole different thing. Like, yeah. That was, yeah. But uh, how a cataclysmic event like that brought everyone together. Like she hmm. really wanted to make sort of that kind of movie. Just like <laughs> like there like that scene in Frenzies, <laughs> mm-hmm. the, that restaurant oh, scene. Gosh. What? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, Frenzies. Yeah, go back to that. Uh, yeah, T.J. Miller. I like him. There yeah. was a, there was hilarious. a lot of good cameos. Like I yeah, there's a lot were, of cameos. Well, yeah. My favorite one. Uh, Some of them kind of was like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say my favorite cameo is Rob Corddry. Um, Who's so, he? Who's so that? He was um, the husband of the wife. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he plays Warren, which I don't know if that helps at all. There are two types of people in the movie. There are, um, When faced with this, the best way they can cope with it is by just going crazy and just doing whatever they were always afraid to do. And there's some who 
found comfort in just continuing in their daily routine. Yeah. Yeah. But like what I loved about, huh? Like the maid. Yeah. But what I loved about Warren is he's just, he's like the world's finally ending. He's like, good. Finally. Yeah. There's a lot of cameos in here. I can't, you know, I can't, so, some of them felt really wasted. I mean, Patton Oswalt, like that was, I just like yeah. was watching that. I was like, just not funny. You know, like none of I that felt I love Patton Oswalt. And I was like, I didn't get much from. Who is the, no. who's the name of the female comedian that did the, um, she had the Amy Schumer. Hair. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. like, not funny. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, of... I feel like they could have expounded on that a little more. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, so basically Steve Carell in the beginning, trying to kind of figure out, what he's going to spend the rest of his life doing. Mm-hmm. That table scene I thought was a pretty good way to set up the movie too, where they're going down the line asking, what are you going to spend the rest of your life doing? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. meaning only a week, two weeks left or whatever. I and, really, uh, I think his name was kind of important there too. Like his character's name, Dodge. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really dodge. Like, because his character normally is like, he needs a safe like a safety net mm-hmm. uh, like he even says that like that's why he went into insurance but yeah. like this is the point where he can't dodge anything any longer like he has to face up to what is in front of him yeah so i think that was kind of cool with the name kind of cheesy a little bit but you know so he his wife was that his wife who left him in the very beginning mm-hmm. yeah they were married. okay so they were married and so you know he's got three weeks left and so a friend of his tries to set him up with somebody and uh <laughs> You know, he's just kind of not interested in getting to know somebody. Uh, and it was really funny because uh, he's completely depressed. And I guess as a lot of people are, but he's a kind of above average depressed as, a, as opposed to the rest of the people in a circle. When Steve Carell does a serious role, like, they're pretty depressed. Like, yeah. I have to say, I did not enjoy Steve Carell in this movie. No, I 100% agree. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I... I uh, I I felt like this was just my my take on him. I didn't see enough of what he, who he was before all this. Like to me it almost gave the impression that he was just as he was the same before this as he was after. That's what I I mean and that's kind of where I where I first got that idea of like I feel like he was trying to just continue like trying not to really change anything Mm -hmm. he's trying to keep his routine as it was before which i mean i think is uh relate would be relatable for a lot of people like i think i know for me like when i'm like going through a hard time for me just keeping my routine really like normalizes things for me Mm -hmm. it's a natural thing i just know just kind of you know, just trying to create stories and stuff like that. It's a natural thing to have a main character be kind of this depressed, kind of wallowing person and just kind of seeing where they go and developed and stuff. But mm-hmm. I think that there just has to be more backstory, more, t- more to make them compelling because mm-hmm. like, you know, you have other movies that do this just in- insanely well, like characters that are just not, not necessarily likable or, people that are still just as depressed but they have traits about them that make you want to stick around with them like eternal more. sunshine of the spotless mind exactly yeah i mean like there's things about that character that which yeah. i felt like this was steve carell trying to have his eternal yeah. sunshine i could yeah. see that it felt like a mixture between her and eternal sunshine yeah like the way it was shot and then the storyline was 
like those two had a baby and yeah. they popped out. And, and her had some really great, <laughs> great moments of comedy. You know, they're, uh, some of it's circumstantial. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the person being funny. It's just what's happening to mm-hmm. them. What were your thoughts on like the um, on-camera chemistry of Steve Carell and Keira Knightley? Honestly, this made me realize something I don't like about a lot of indie movies is that they have like the cookie cutter indie film archetypes. Oh my gosh, I 100% agree with you and wrote that. This movie is so hipster indie and it knows it. Of course he plays the harmonica. Of course he used to listen to the Misfits. Of course he's sulking. No, of course her her boyfriend stole her Pet Sounds CD. Or, or album. I lo- uh, yeah, I did think it was very indie film of her to just say pet sounds. <laughs> no, yeah, of course she listens to Wilco. I was like, oh gosh. I was, Every I was, time I heard that, it made me roll my eyes for some reason. I was really glad they referenced Wilco, but okay. I, lo- I mean, I love Wilco. I love all that stuff. I but I, but for Wilco. some reason, it felt like it was pandering. And that he wasn't the one that listened to Misfits. It was his girlfriend oh. that he was trying to find. Because they, the, they were in her house, her parents' house. No, he was looking through the shoebox. Like uh, the Misfits sticker is is stuck oh, in okay. uh, in Because there was a Misfits poster thing. in the house that oh, he was okay. staying at. In, it must in, have been something that Olivia they shared. Yes, yeah. like definitely. I kind of liked that though, like those kind of like super hipstery vibe. Like not yeah. because it's hipster, but like I guess for my generation, it mm-hmm. was like that's kind of like where we're at, mm-hmm. and so that was like, oh man, that's kind of cool. Like you kind of relate to that on a level. Um, I'm sort of uh, in the middle there because I agree. I do like that. I do feel like Kira Knightley didn't know anything about this. So it sounded like she was just like reading, like there's like a, a, a just like a um, card on the side with all of those album titles on there. She's like, uh, uh, sounds. Pat, Pat Soons. Honestly, I really liked Kira Knightley in the, in this movie. I mean, she kind of if it hadn't have been for her, this it would have been so much more depressing. I kind of because she gave it a life that it did not. And have. Chris, you said their chemistry, you didn't like it, but that it, they kind of explained that though in the movie about like how opposites attract and all that I, jazz. I actually did really like their relationship. I thought it was <clears throat> as like interesting as it was it almost was like okay like that's that's awesome like it was it was uncomfortable in a sense but it was still like you could still like connect with them on on a level yeah, yeah well i kind of, i don't know i agree but i also feel like it's like the movie told us but didn't show us how did you like the soundtracks or like the soundtrack of the i thought i i did like the music I, yeah. i'll give it that he, I, the guy who did this also did 500 days of summer you know, that is like, like okay, so that's a g- good example. Like, 500 Days of Summer, I feel like is a good version of an indie movie that doesn't try to be an indie movie. It just kind of exists as one. But, like, mm-hmm. this one almost felt like it was a formulaic indie movie. Also, this movie was released in 2012, and yeah. 2012, the world was going to end. So, I feel like they were, tra- <laughs> you know, I feel like they were oh, trying to... About that. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to go on a bandwagon here mm-hmm. of, like... Look, here's a movie about the world ending before our world ends. So, uh, my my biggest, uh, and I think this is just going to be something that I point out is is uh, uh, movie cliches. The biggest one that stood out for me this movie was the shoebox in the closet shoebox thing shoebox. as a plot device. Um, so, I mean, just does every movie character have a shoebox in the closet full of mementos? 
Well, like I said, though, like this is, I feel like they understood that this was like a hipster type movie. And so they were like, let's just go all out and let's just yeah, do the normal but cliches. Kind of the, but the point is to, to break those cliches when you're writing. Was it this stuff, the type of movie, though, that they were trying to? Or was this just like, oh, let's every just, well, movie should. Well, every movie should try I to think break a, cliches. I mean, I feel like a movie that ends with everyone dying is I think not that, really trying to conform to anything. No. I think that was like their big, like, I think they try to fool you. And like, here's the typical cliche. And then at the end, it's like, nope. Yeah, some stuff was. I think I think most of it was trying really hard to be original. And Kira Knightley's character, whose name is Peggy. Penny. Penny. Penny, Penny uh, suffers from hypersomnia. Hypersomnia. I don't know. It sounds legit. So what is see. that? So she she can't she smokes weed be, so she can fall asleep and wake up. So basically, is the a, weed helps her fall asleep and like because she has hypersomnia. Yeah, so like she can stay asleep. Through and anything. when she's ready to wake up, excessive, she just lights another J. Yeah, is mm. a neurological disorder of excessive time spent sleeping or excessive sleepiness. But how do you how do you light up when you're asleep? I, I thought the exact same thing when I when she said that. I was, I was like, I feel like we're going to talk about this in the pod. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, I got a question for you. Steve Carell loses all hope, and then he drinks glass cleaner. What was that about? Well, I think... Um, it's talked about, like, it's basically, like, he's reached the end of, like, where it's the point of living. And so he buys cleaner, which he needed for the maid. But he thought, you know what? Screw the just maid. drank it yeah and nothing happens yeah i did i did uh i don't know if i wrote anything down about that but i thought it was one of those moments added for dramatic effects but then he like doesn't die he's like oh a dog <laughs> sorry oh, a dog. and of course he's got a dog friend now no yeah. and of course it's named <clears throat> sorry isn't it his dog's name sorry yes yeah. i did not the, catch the that. letter or the letter that was left on his chest it said sorry so he just started calling the dog sorry oh i didn't catch that at I all. i mean listen i know it's the end of the world but who gets rid of their dog <laughs> so he, he wakes constantly. up from drinking this liquid and at this this point i started getting really confused and i was i, I was like okay this movie needs to decide is it going to be funny or is it going to be serious and depressing? And it at this point, it makes a hard shift, I think. And, to being romantic. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it abandons a lot of the comedy. And there, there, mm-hmm. there's a scene coming up with Frenzies that kind of has some funny stuff in it. But, but yeah. I think, I think, though, that they went through like a timeline. So basically, like at the beginning, you're just like, all right, time to screw the world. Let's just do all this funny stuff or, or whatever. And then it was a couple of days later when he woke up, I believe, right? Like, because it said day, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, all right, now people have kind of gone off that high of realizing the world's going to end. Time to bring it back down. Day 18, I think. Yeah. And so I think that was kind of intentional, though. Is like the jokes, like, because you start out, it's depre- it kind of goes through the forms of grief almost. Yeah, but the thing is, too, like, with these movies, is what it's not whether it's intentional, it's whether it works. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, if it if it goes through, if it switches a genre on its head like that, it's really it's, jarring. I think it was supposed to be that way, though, because it's like the first grief was regret. And so she left him because she regretted marrying him. Yeah. Second grief was like, all right, you know, denying it and trying to do whatever you can. The next part is drinking uh, a window wiper 
fluid. In a way, it's like kind of a really big, not ridiculous story, but just like very bombastic story. But it like slapstick wouldn't have worked because mm-hmm. um, like it's too dark for it. Yeah. yeah. But like um, it's still like a movie about just like a road trip during the end of the world. So it's like you can't make it a drama either. If they had stuck with what they were doing in the beginning, I think it could have ended up being a really funny, mm-hmm. good movie. But I don't think it was supposed to be funny, though. Oh, like. Everything about the first thirty minutes is comedy, comedy, comedy. Like really? even Steve Carell and even even all of that. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, just those characters, the 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 boyfriend, which I thought that was hilarious when he punches the wall, and he says, "My guitar hand," and she says, "They're aren't they both, both your guitar <laughs> hand?" It's like, is it because he has a job? Yeah, I did like that. Uh, Owen, that was his name. I liked him. I was really hoping he would stick around. Yeah, no, they abandoned him yeah. <laughs> to be murdered by that mob. I guess. I feel like with that cover, they were go- <clears throat> they were going for comedy. Of course, even the the cover of the movie looks more like a mainstream sort of goofy, quirky romp. So, um, so we we meet this guy who's in this truck. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting thing where he hires a hitman yeah. to. Well, commit suicide. That was one of the him. first, um, like when he was like in the first like opening scene when he was walking around the street and it showed all the flyers. Uh-huh. It was like hire a hitman. I think I liked that scene. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. I thought interesting. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, very dark. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of those scenes where it's like, okay, this is not for everybody. <laughs> this movie's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. yeah. But, but at the same time, it's like I was on board. Me so. too. I liked that too. Um, at what point in the movie were you like? on board and kind of like interested to see what happens next. Um, I really liked when Kira Knightley came on the scene. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. that was just my personal thing. I was like, Oh, okay. I'm, this is somebody I can, this is somebody I can enjoy watching for the rest of the your movie. Your PT, your personal thing. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, well, first I'll address, uh, first I'll address Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not like her character, mm-hmm. but I liked her. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked. I thought she played the character well. I just mm-hmm. didn't like the character she. You played. didn't buy that she was that character. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this goes back to my um, point that I feel like every quirky indie movie has like the shy, mopey male mayor character, yep. main character, and the quirky, free spirited mm-hmm. female character. Yeah. Um, I really liked the first act. Yeah. Um, it's three acts. There's three yeah, acts in this movie. Very much so. It has a beginning there's, and a middle and an end. There's a beginning, middle, and end, and then the part where he, they go to see his dad. <laughs> there's a quote, or uh, there's two things that just up until this point that I just wanted to make note of. The first is that he he uh, this is just a note. He makes he befriends this dog, and he feeds the dog a pot pie literally right out of the microwave. And I was like, that poor dog. <laughs> that thing had to have been just straight up lava. Because have you ever eaten a pot pie or a hot pocket or something right out of the microwave? Hot pocket. As and- long as you just start from the middle where it's still frozen <laughs> and then work your way to the outside. There is one more movie cliche in this that I have to bring attention to. And it's just that movie characters can't have a family, apparently. Because she's got a family, which I know is like kind of essential to the plot, but he has no family, and all of that is because movies. Why is it always the mom is dead and not the dad? Uh, oh, I guess he did have a family in the end, but estranged. 
What is that? A frog. Get out of here, frog! That's hilarious. It's gone? I don't hear yeah. it. So where are we at? Okay, I'd say right now we're getting towards the part where she's in the bunker. She goes back to meet her uh, mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend. Um, and uh, she gets on the phone with her parents. Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually a really touching yeah. scene. Yeah, she, I re- she did really well. Anyway. I read in the trivia that like the crew cried when she, they were filming that scene. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was... It felt really natural. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... I I, like I said, I think she's a great actress. That's why they pay her the big buck. Uh huh. Just the buck. There's not. That's why an they S. pay her seventy five percent of the big buck because she's a girl. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> um. So do you guys do you guys think that that crew survived the end of the world? Um. No. They had a lot of titanium. I loved their cars. <laughs> That I was like, okay. It was a smart choice. <laughs> so you're going back. Oh, you're going back to quirky get, comedy for a second. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna put the brakes on this. Hey, because heavy drama. It's a funny little car. I guess. I guess you could say <laughs> they're. It's a funny little car. I feel like any Arcade Fire song would go well with a apocalyptic style. Much movie. Any movie like this. It's true. Yeah. I loved the uh the beach scene were they getting what what was happening there i loved it but what was happening (laughs) insta marriages yeah yeah i thought they had gotten married from that point on the first time i saw this movie i thought that and this time i thought it again i was like dang you movie did they not not married no because they because they he when he meets his dad he's like who is she and he's like i don't know (laughs) yeah because she went on the plane yeah she got on the he put her on the plane to go see her family and then he was supposed to go are we See ready to talk about life. that yet, or do we want to talk about other things first? I, I'll say one thing because I think I'm at that part at the beach when I when I made this note was that we're about 60 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. and nothing felt like comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. It felt like straight up drama. The music yeah. was really serious. The mm-hmm. and it was sweet. Like it was really sweet. Okay. I really loved that point on. Maybe I just wasn't super paying attention, but I don't <laughs> feel like they really built up to any urgency of him reconciling with his dad that scene was terribly acted mm-hmm. when he sees his i felt like it was really bad and that's like i mean who am i to judge that mm-hmm. none of it felt real to me and i was yeah. like oh it just felt like somebody's just reading a script at that i think he's like why did they choose that actor for the dad i didn't i didn't think I mean, he's a legend yeah no Martin, no yeah he, he's played in some really good movies but i, I actually thought he played like uh, isolating the character from the rest of the movie, I thought he played it really well. It just—I don't know if my thing was I why he made Steve Carell look like a noob. He almost like he—it—it it was just a total mismatch in quality of actor. There, it felt mm-hmm. like I didn't. Was it weird for anybody else that he was wearing like a leather suit? over his PJs. Was that weird? Like, <laughs> I that why actually. was he like leisurely wearing an aviator's because jacket? Because he's the pilot. Like, Context clues. Yeah, seriously though, I was Wink. like, we understand he's a pilot, but you why don't, does... You don't stop being a pilot after you step off the plane, boy. Like literally, that was the most annoying thing for me. Was... It's a very old guy thing to do. <laughs> I was like... Just hang out my, my bomber jacket while uh, seriously though i was like he was probably just watching tv I can, see my dad, I can see my dad doing that can i ask you guys a science question sure can a little prop plane like that make it all the way to the uk was it are they in the uk or were they okay the so that answers my next question i missed where he was taking her 
I ha- it had to have been the UK. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> Maybe I would, not. Like, and they're like all the way in California. <laughs> no. Like, uh, Where are they? They were in. Um, uh, if you, I'll give you five dollars. Oh, are they in Delaware? Yeah, because um, Glad the, the address. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I know my knowledge. <laughs> I know my knowledge. <laughs> it's a good thing when you know your knowledge. My name's Kyle Jernigan, and I know my knowledge. <laughs> all right. Because um, when I watched it. All I could think of is he was flying her away from the meteor. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's my here's what I gathered. So his her dad was like in the military, I believe. Okay. And so I feel like they were kind of stationed wherever at some point. It, That's, what in the movie led you to believe this or know this? The way that her ex boyfriend talked to her dad on the regs. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, but they didn't. They did they ever I say where her family be crazy. was? She said she had to fly there. Yeah, and she missed the last flight. I think even if you had two weeks, you could make it to anywhere in America in two weeks well, by car, unless traffic. You know what? All we gotta say is just because movies. Ah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I uh, I like, and I don't like how the fly like how. Uh, him flying away with her was, revol- was resolved with her just being in his apartment the next scene. At the whole time I'm going, okay, I've seen this movie before. I know she ends up with him at the end. How does she know where the heck he is? Because he could have gone back to the other house. I was she, like, she was like, had that hypersomnia sleep going. She she should have been asleep for a week. I know, right? He could have technically just ditched her and went back to Olivia, his yeah. the the letter, or the girl he left the note oh, at. Oh yeah. Like, so that's another thing. Why I I mean I must I don't think I paid much attention to this movie. Why did he abandon the Olivia mission? I think because he, he fell in love with her. And Ew. also, I think it was also like he realized that she had a daughter and so she kind of already started this other life and that this letter was kind of late. Hey girl, it's the end of the world. Are we doing this or what? <laughs> you know, I know I actually have a theory as to why, um, she was able to find him in the end. I want to okay. hear it because movies. Mm. Oh, Oh snap. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> she gets on the plane and then he's, and then he, it's like literally, Oh, we misjudged the, uh, arrival of this meteor. <laughs> You know, we had all the science in the world, but... We had the wrong ruler out. <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> we measured in uh, inches instead of metric. You don't have a week. You have 16 hours. And I was like, what? Why is this... What makes this a good thing in this movie? I don't. I, I didn't mean, get yeah, that like, at all. Why didn't, the, why didn't the writers just be like, let's make it two weeks? I know, right? Why not just move the whole thing up? I don't... What's with all the extra time? It, it didn't really add... Wait, I, it, didn't, I didn't catch this. What happened with the time? Oh, basically the last the last news report from the reporter, he goes, "We made a mistake." It, this is like almost this is the general what what he's saying. We made a mistake. We don't have a week left. We have sixteen hours left. Oh my gosh! And I was like, I didn't catch what? that. And the thing what? the thing is, it didn't really add any drama to it because no. we're like, well, the movie has like fifteen minutes left. I know, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think at this I think that's point what it, it was actually code for how many minutes they had left. Yeah. <laughs> they thought they had more. I think at this point they were hours. like, "This movie only has sixteen hours left." I think the writers were like, "I don't think we can write for another week. I think we just gotta kind of end it here." <laughs> and so, yeah. did you guys read the painting that was on the side of the wall in big letters? Something about one Bowie record and yeah, a bowl a, of oatmeal. Yep, it says. Uh, 
All she had was oatmeal and one Bowie record to last all summer. Oh man, that sounds like a good summer, in my opinion. What? What Is Bowie that a record? reference? I don't, I don't that's what I was kind of asking you guys, oh. but not only that, uh, I think it's just another hipster thing that yeah. happens. <laughs> so this brings us to the ultimate question: What one Bowie record would you guys want to have for all summer? Ooh, I just, don't know. Just for a records? summer? Yeah, changes one because it has all the good hits. Yeah, changes. Cheaters. I don't know. <laughs> you call yourself? I like Bowie fans. songs. I don't yeah. call myself a Bowie fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've only listened to like five. So I, I enjoy them, but it's hunky dory like for me. Is that the name of the album? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's the one with changes on it, actually. All right, I'll take it. Okay. That's the one I choose, too. Hunky Dory, I choose you. <laughs> um, another thing. Uh, did anyone, uh, anyone else feel like because we knew the world was ending, it kind of lowered the stakes a bit? If they succeed in their mission, they die. What do you mean by lowering the stakes? Yeah. Well, I just mean like, Steve Carell Dodge's objective in the in the movie is to find Olivia, which we know. But I just felt like even if he accomplished his mission, what did he really accomplish? Exactly. He he accomplished seeking a friend for the end. All right, Kyle. This is the question of the entire episode. I've been waiting to ask you. What did you feel about the ending of this movie? And by ending, I don't mean the end. I mean the last frame of the movie. <laughs> I. It yes. flashed white and then straight to black. Yep. I liked it for that circumstance because I knew the world was going to end and you can't really depict that. And then any, any other way before this though, I what's with the loud rumbles? I was like, how do they know that's the world's going to end? I mean, what if that's just a, like a car exploding? There's another thing. Uh, oh, there. what if yeah, hey, this car coming through that? Listen, you know, you know, or it, when it if, happens, you'll know. What if that's like, you know, Steve Carell farting over here, Karen Knightley just kind of letting some big ones rip. And He's like, like, shh, shh, it's okay. And she's like, I'm so scared. And he's like, shh. Farting up a storm said, over listen, here. I'm so glad I met you. Yeah. You're... Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Not Guilty Podcast. <laughs> But uh Phyllis, did you but break yeah, one? I liked I I feel like as cheesy pungent. Um Did anybody else have the urge? I don't know why I did, but I had to check for a stinger at the end of this movie. I a always what? I I always do actually. A what? <laughs> there's no there's like zero chance for a stinger at the Mar- end of this Marvel movie. Marvel has ruined us. Whenever, whenever, oh, are you talking like a bonus clip? Yes, yeah. yeah, that's called a stinger. Dude, when the I, world's ending, what it was, what, what it's literally to be? flash whites <laughs> and the, nothing else. Everyone's dead at this point. The, the bonus, they just pan out, and it's the Death Star. <laughs> this is like the sequel to that Star is Wars. why the Earth doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Ooh, because the Death Star destroyed Death it. Us. Um, <laughs> the Death Star. Yeah, when, whenever I uh, tell someone to watch No Country for Old Men, I always tell them there's a, a scene after the credits. <laughs> Is there not? No. <laughs> the people in those credits worked hard on this movie. They deserve that attention. All right. So anyway, Alex, what was your initial question? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You the last frame. Oh yeah, you said you did right. As cheesy as it was, I did enjoy it. I mean, I don't know if there's another way to end that. Yeah, you can't really end apocalyptic movie like. Yeah, I thought. Without a flash of I, I will say it was 
like I felt something watching that ending. Yeah. Because like, are I you mean, being facetious? Or no, 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 no. I thought that okay. the acting was really good, and it's yeah. like there was definitely an intensity and urgency yeah. mm-hmm. in that moment, and it's like, um, and that's the one time I really saw that Steve Carell's character grew up because he's yeah. like mm-hmm. he was comforting her. Yeah. And like it was the first time he was like the strong one yeah. at uh in this time. And other than that it's just like really well shot and mm-hmm. heartbreaking but beautiful. Yep. And yeah. I do uh, commend the movie for not copping out and like saving the world at the last minute. They yeah. like they followed through with the premise. All right, any uh any other thoughts? What about that spider uh, that he decides not to kill, and then it gets on his yes. face and just bites I feel like see, that, was, that was see that was first act, so it was like still funny. I know. Yeah. I I'm 100 agree, or I, I don't know if you agree with this, but I love the first act, or I like the first act. Act. I love the, the last act, and everything in between is kind of like. Um, yeah, the thing about the second act, it uh. It's, this is a problem I have with like a lot of road trip movies are that it's kind of just like one moment leading to another moment. Yeah. And they tend to feel sort of meandering in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Kyle, I'm going to read a few of the re- uh, negative reviews I compiled, <laughs> and you can respond to each. All you right. like that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Get, get your shields up. Okay. So this is from Derek Malcolm of London Evening Standard. He says, this is a half-good film, but hardly a wholly satisfactory one. Boom, roasted. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I see where he's coming from. It's true. Yeah, I can see where he's coming from on that one. Okay. Give me another one. All um, right. Uh, Knightley gives her most dreadful performance yet. <laughs> a mannered and irritating while striving to be adorable like a manic pixie. Oh, and Carell just stares at her as though he can't believe his bad luck. Uh, oh, I don't think that was her worst performance. Her? No, I I would talk I about with third you there. parts. What's, what's her worst performance? Third parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. So this next one and final one is Jessica Lambert from White Li- Little White Lies. Her uh, review is a failed attempt to mix genres, made worse by a lot of misplaced, and our favorite word, schmaltz. Oh, schmaltz. Uh, I could see how some people though view that as a failure. All right. Uh, uh, how about verdicts? Okay. Who wants to go first? All right. How about you go first? All right. No, no, no. This is my movie. I want you to rock, paper, scissors. This. Okay, all right. Here okay. we go. Ready? All right. all right. Alex used rock and uh, Chris scissored. <laughs> all right. <laughs> here we go. All in all, this movie was a love story, and I actually bought it. I think that was really sweet and genuine, and I was really into the idea, uh, and I actually agreed with the movie's premise that this love story couldn't have happened in any, any other st- circumstances. Mm. Um, the last 30 minutes, I feel like, was a better movie than the rest of it. I think uh, if it had been that movie from the beginning, it would have been better. But I also felt the same way about the first 30 minutes, where that if it had leaned into that, polished the comedy a little bit more, and just did straight-up comedy and didn't have some of the sweet stuff, that would have been a better movie too. Mm. Um, I think it needed to commit to either direction, and it would have been much better. Keira Knightley was a lot of fun. For me, I thought Steve Carell was terrible. Uh, Like, did not find him compelling at all. Mm. And I think he's an amazing actor. I think he does really Mm -hmm. good stuff. And it's not... And it's... I think it's just a badly written character. And I think he's... It's... 
this was kind of new territory for him at the time of this movie too. Yeah. So my final judgment, I deem this movie to be not guilty on the account that the heart of this movie reigns true, even though the problems do abound. I guess love really does conquer all. You should not feel guilty for loving yeah. seeking a friend for the end of the cool. world, Kyle. Cool. All right, Chris, I need your opinion. Okay. So up until this point, I feel like Kyle and I have been sort of a united front. We've always mm-hmm. had each other's backs throughout this. So Uh-oh. it's with uh, great dismay that I declare this movie guilty. Because um, it's not a, it's not an altogether I wrote all right, not an altogether terrible movie. It attempts to tackle some good themes in a clever way and has some sincerely moving moments, but it suffers from an unengaging execution of a good idea, as well as uninteresting protagonists. So, mm. um, and uh, in addition to that, I feel like it could have trimmed a lot of fat out because like it seems to sort of uh, wander aimlessly <laughs> a little bit at points. Now, one thing I will say, I, I feel like uh, this was in, around when uh, Carell started pursuing more serious roles. And I think it, if not for this, we wouldn't have uh, the big short and Foxcatcher, yeah. which I've seen neither. So I guess they're can't. both great. Yeah. Um, he's also really good in The Way, Way Back. Yes. And yes. Dan in real life. And he. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. So we have a tie for whether or not this film is guilty. In an event of a tie, we will choose the very first... <laughs> like, we'll, we'll choose the first uh, review that pops up on Amazon.com. All right, how about the Rotten Tomatoes, the first review? Okay. We're going to get down to it. All right, here we go. This is the most popular review on Rotten Tomatoes by a user, by an okay. audience member. Right. It says, This movie should not be sold as a comedy, for it is actually the most depressing movie of the year. <laughs> And the problem lies in the fact that its abrupt shift in tone and disastrous attempt at being both a cute road movie and a profound love story leading to an awful ending. I'm guessing we're, uh, I'm guilty on this one. I guess we're guilty. (laughs) Join the club, pal. (laughs) I'm I'm guilty as well, Kyle. I'm glad, though, that Alex said that it's not guilty. I I actually did like it. I'm I'm glad that you like it. This is a very weird episode. It is. You're the black sheep. Yeah, I'm the eternal optimist. I thought Chris would be the one. Well, that's what I was like. I I had seen this movie before, so I went into watching it the second time thinking, Mm -hmm. I like this. I'm going to like it again. And... Here's what I would say. If you are a hipster out there and you're listening to this and you like records, a much better movie is High Fidelity. Go oh, watch that's that. such a good one. How Go you, watch that. that. <laughs> so enjoy that recommendation. But but still watch Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Nah. Nah.